0: When they started telling me no, that was a a great segue for me to figure out and solve that problem, because the answer was yes, and how do I accomplish taking that product and selling it on the internet? So they said no, and I decided to find an alternate avenue, which was going direct to the factories.
1: Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the The mix, Kunle Campbell. This episode is brought to you by Remarketing.
2: Remarkety is an email marketing platform specifically built for e-commerce businesses. With Remarkety, emails are automatically triggered by shopper behavior and purchase history. With a few simple clicks, Remarkety allows you to recover abandoned carts, win back inactive customers, make product recommendations, deliver newsletters, and a whole lot more. In other words, emails you will send through Remarkety will be highly targeted, with glaring improvements on your open rates, Click rates and most importantly, conversions. You're also able to track revenue generated from every single email sent by Remarkety. Try Remarkety absolutely free for 30 days, no credit cards and no contracts. To sweeten the deal, 2x e-commerce listeners can get Remarkety for 30% off an entire year using the coupon code PODCAST30. That is coupon code Podcast three zero. Visit Remarkety.com to learn more. Remarkety is email marketing for e-commerce simplified. Hi guys, I have with me on today's show Chad Robin. Right, so let me give you a backstory. Right in the heat of the recession seven years ago, back in 2008 Chad took over his parents' business. It was a vacuum store business. And he pretty much, they were struggling, really, and he pretty much converted it to an e-commerce and Amazon business selling vacuum accessories. So vacuum accessories such as bags, rollers, hoses, filters, belts, you name it. He used Amazon as a channel, pretty much, to build his business. Now, over time, he has turned Cushul Vacuum into a leading brand in vacuum parts and accessories in Amazon. So it leads that category on, you know, in, in, in Amazon, in the Amazon marketplace, where he currently ranks pretty much number one. Um, I picked up on, on a few things on, um, on Amazon. He, um, his crucial vacuum is um, top 300 seller in Amazon US and a top 1000 seller in the world. They rank about 540. So, um, yeah, I brought him onto the show to tell us all we need to know, pretty much, as to how he built his business. And he also has a background in, um, in Wall Street, and um, he is a graduate from Boston University in finance, something related to finance. All anyway, right, So without further ado, I'd like to, to welcome Chad to the show. Welcome to the show, Chad.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Good stuff. Um, could you take a minute or, or less to, to, to introduce yourself, your, your your elevator pitch, so to speak, please?
0: Sure. So I uh, graduated Uni- University of Massachusetts Amherst, just to uh, correct you.
2: Okay. okay. Uh, Sorry about that.
0: After, yep, finance major, went on to Wall Street for a couple of years doing research on, on internet stocks. Mm-hmm. So telling hedge funds, institutional investors to buy, sell, or short various stocks I got laid off during the whole crisis, January of 2009. My parents had a vacuum store. They were going out of business. In fact, they simultaneously were going bankrupt as I got laid off. I bought their inventory out of bankruptcy, listed it on the internet, sold it. And when I went to replenish it, I couldn't get it at the same price again. And I decided to go direct-to-consumer before direct-to-consumer was really the cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Fast forward now, it's been eight years roughly. Uh, I've created a software to enable me to manage my entire business. And I've started selling that as Scubana to other e-commerce sellers.
2: Okay. Okay. That sounds really, really interesting. Very bad time for the family, including you. And you turned that to an opportunity. You built something out. You were a pioneer in in direct-to-consumer. And right now, you've been a successful and accomplished Amazon seller and use you, you have software for Amazon sellers to to help them, you know, manage their their inventory and their entire operations called Scuba Minute. Okay, we're going to talk through every single point here on the show. Um, but before we start, I noticed you have an Amazon UK and an, an Amazon US store. Actually, before we we go into that, what what is the value proposition of Crucial Vacuum?
0: So crucial vacuum we also own crucial air crucial coffee and we're just about to launch a a fourth brand called think crucial but the value proposition is very simple right we buy we manufacture from the factory direct to consumer home appliance accessories and filters and sell them direct Mm -hmm. we cut out the middleman and we give free shipping free returns
2: okay okay are you basically value proposition okay fantastic okay all right so value and cost pretty much okay so low cost and, and high value um are you based in new york or um uh,
0: so my e commerce operation is based in New jersey okay, and the value prop really is that we do it better, we do it faster we do it cheaper mm. than any anyone out there
2: okay 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 sounds good um you 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 have an amazon u k and an amazon u s store could you could you tell us your your reasoning for for expanding to the U.K. and how that's panned out. And, you know, I've seen your success in the U.S. You could also shed some, could you shed shed some more light on your success on Amazon U.S. and the U.K., please?
0: Sure. So Amazon was a great sort of entryway for us into e-commerce. And, but since then, like I view Amazon as a selling channel, not as a business. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is that they create a business around Amazon. Mm. But my, my viewpoint of the world is you want to be on every sales channel out there, including your own storefront. Mm. So in terms of just my success in the United States, we just wanted to replicate that same success internationally. So we're focusing on Amazon, UK, Canada, and Germany.
2: Okay. They're pretty decent, big markets. Okay. And mm-hmm. what, what has been your, your, well, your experience, really, internationally? Um, what's, been, well, what's been the outcome internationally outside of the U.S.?
0: We've done fantastic, and I think we've just hit the, the, the starting point because we, we actually have to phrase things differently in Amazon U.S. than we do in the U.K., and especially for Germany, especially for, the, for, for changing the way we write our listings in Amazon Germany. And a lot of people think that Amazon UK is the second biggest marketplace for Amazon, but actually it's Amazon Germany is the second biggest marketplace. Mm, mm, So we're focusing across Canada, UK, and Germany right now. And um, our success has been tremendous, but we've just hit the starting point of that success. Okay,
2: okay, all right, cool. And um, good points about Amazon being a channel. Um, that's a very, very, very good point because I was just going to say I noticed you have a website and a well-built website at that. One of the things I pick up on websites, especially websites that sell somewhat complex products like, like what you guys do, uh, um, is the availability of videos, you know, help videos. You, you had that on your homepage. Could you share some more light as to when you decided to sort of, you know, set up an e-commerce website And what your philosophy basically is on selling, you know, on on a website versus Amazon.
0: So I'll start with the philosophy first. My philosophy is, is that I view e-commerce like playing the game of Monopoly. So you want to be on every piece of the board because when somebody lands on that board, whether it's utility or railroad or even Park Avenue, they pay up. So, (laughs) So it's all about the real estate space and you want to be everywhere. So I, I want to be on Amazon, I want to be on eBay, I want to be on Sears and Newegg, and I want to have my own shopping cart, because my own shopping cart is where I'm going to have the highest margin consumer, where I can actually remarket to those customers, and I own those customers.
2: Okay, okay. And, and how's the website doing as compared to Amazon?
0: Fantastic. I mean, starting on Amazon, you're 100%, of, you, know, you start off, you start selling on Amazon, it's 100% of your revenue. Mm-hmm. But coming from Wall Street, I said to myself, would I ever invest in a stock that has one customer?
3: Mm.
0: I would never. Mm. So why would I build a business that way? Mm. So the idea is you want to take Amazon revenue from 100% of your revenue to about 40%. Mm -hmm. Because 40% of product searches happen on Amazon today. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So the rest, 60%, should be off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's really a great goal to accomplish.
2: Okay, okay, okay. And Amazon was pretty much your launching pad to to, 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 to actually even funding the, the websites and, you know, other channels. Okay, so so what other channels are you active on besides Amazon?
0: So you want to be on Amazon, mm-hmm. Sears, Newegg, Rakuten, formerly buy.com, mm-hmm. Sears, mm-hmm. all the international properties. Mm-hmm. So it's Amazon, all the international Amazon properties, but also getting your website to focus on international as well. okay. Okay. eBay, UK., etc. So I I leave, no, I leave no channel behind.
2: What are your thoughts on jets.com? Do you, do you think it's just a fad or a gimmick? or, um, do, you, do you think this sort has something to it? So
0: I, I only wish jet.com the most success, mm. but unfortunately, I, I, I don't see the need that they're solving for. Mm. So you know, people go to Amazon for selection, for convenience, and for the best price. And I don't see people shopping on jet to save 5% on paper towels or or Kleenex.
2: Interesting. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, Let's talk about your super impressive INC 1000 rank of 1,843 and 215% three-year growth. Um, What kind of revenues are you doing now? This year,
0: we're on track for 10 million in revenue.
2: Okay. Awesome.
0: which is well above the e-commerce growth rate, mm-hmm. the average is 15%. So anything above 15% is you're doing great in e-commerce.
2: Okay, okay, okay. That's pretty impressive because when I checked out the INT website, you were at 6 million um, last year. So that's an mm-hmm. added 4 million um, year on year. Okay, um, what about Crucial Air and Crucial Coffee? How how are they doing? Crucial Coffee, I noticed you sell coffee filters for pressos, you know, um, the millies and um, the crops, you know, you just, um, you know, filter accessories um what, what 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 does um crucial air do and what does crucial coffee do and um has it significantly impacted on um on on revenue um revenue share to to your total 10 million
0: so what we did was we replicate when i first started crucial vacuum i had this myopic vision that i was always going to be in the vacuum industry and i think a lot of people do that when they create a brand they don't think 10 years down the ro- down the line mm-hmm so I ended up disrupting the vacuum space very quickly and then said to myself, okay, what is the next thing I want to get into? And I decided to, find, to take a passion, which is coffee, and combine it with what I already know, which is e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And then Crucial Coffee was born. I disrupted that industry, making coffee filters and accessories. Then we moved into the next space, which was air. But after all, right, each brand that you have, you need to have a Facebook presence, you need to manage your Instagram. It just gets very complicated.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So we decided to create a fourth and what I believe is the final frontier for our brands, which is Think Crucial, which has everything under one roof. Mm-hmm. So anything for the home that's replaceable that you can think of that's crucial, <laughs> that's Think Crucial.
2: All right, awesome. Awesome, like Virgin. Okay, oh, Richard Branson mindset But Okay, all right. And how many employees do you have?
0: So we have... At Crucial, we have six now, I believe, mm-hmm. and we write a we run a very tight ship. Um, you know, when I, when people say, oh, "How big is your company?" of you six people, that's that's unbelievable. Six people on ten million revenue. Yeah, it's really because we've outsourced our warehouse. So we used to run a pick and pack operation, which was the bulk of our employees, okay. and we decided to outsource that. I think it's been now three years.
2: Okay. Okay. Have you ever been an FBA, or F- which is fulfilled by Amazon, or have you always fulfilled by yourself, which is FBM, fulfilled by Merchant?
0: Yeah, we do a hybrid of both.
2: Okay. 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 We'll talk about all that later on. Okay. Um, from your Amazon store, I could see it's 927 SKUs, but I read elsewhere on the web that you have over 1,400 products and import 88 containers a year. Across various verticals, um could you shed some more light on um, first of all SKU management what your experience is um, within the Amazon um, space and um, your yeah your your approach to it please
0: Amazon has made it really really easy amazon's like a gateway drug they've made it really easy to start using it and really hard to ever stop <laughs> so we we look at the world like I said before we want to sell everywhere we possibly can and Unfortunately, there's a lot of software out there that's that's not sufficient to run a true multi marketplace business, and that's mm-hmm. why we created Skubana. So I use Skubana, which I built for myself, but now I'm offering to everybody else mm-hmm. to help and enable empower sellers to sell everywhere across channel. So in terms of our SKU count, like some people focus on four products, five private label products, mm-hmm. We've, we're focusing on over. 1,400 products, but imagine having those 1,400 products selling across 11 different channels. Right. Then things start to get really complicated. Mm. And that's why I created this software.
2: And you manage your, well, you've outsourced the, the warehouse and your SKU banner software manages that interface between the warehouse and all the channels in which you, you sell through. Is, is that kind of like the picture, or um, there's more to it?
0: Well, yeah. So you also, the idea is you want to you wanna get rid of any repetitive tasks that is not your core competency. Okay. So pick and pack was never my strong suit. And managing these, em, these employees who are a little bit different, <laughs> you know, people who spend their life picking and packing is a different type of employee than people who focus on building a brand. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to focus on what we're good at, which is building a brand. Okay. So, we outsourced our warehouse to a third party warehouse uh, three years ago, never looked back. But then I was like, okay, what else? What other repetitive tasks can we outsource? Because I was using all these fragmented softwares to run my business, and it was mm-hmm. just unnecessary and it was very costly. So, I couldn't find anything to really automate all the processes. So, Stubana focuses on you can pr- any way you fulfill. So, whether you're a, a, an FBA seller or you have a 3PL connector, or a connection. You drop ship or you print shipping labels in-house. We accommodate anybody who does any of those things. But then you need to manage your inventory cross-channel. You also need to create purchase orders. We automate the purchase order process. Again, it's all about the word Cubana derived from the idea of Cubana. We thought to ourselves, what do sellers want to do? What do they want in life? Sellers want to spend more time with their family. They want to take a nap during the day. They want to work on their business, not in it. So that's what Stubana takes care of it's an end to end software to run your business, and I could never be CEO of two businesses without the software in place. It would be impossible
2: okay okay, so that, that's pretty impressive because it's it's software built by by, by, by an entrepreneur um, you know save just addressing your pains and, and you're scaling that out now with, with solution we're, we're going to talk more about oh, Stubana and all the tools um, you use for, for managing cool. um, an Amazon store. Um, what about profitability for, for crucial, um, for crucial vacuums? What, what does profitability look like? Um, what, what are your margins? Like, um, are, are they sizable, good, decent?
0: Yeah. Our, our margin profile is great and I'm constantly focusing on higher margin products. So the private labeling and, and e-commerce today, everyone is doing it now. Everyone's taking these training courses, everyone's private labeling, and so you have to, like Wayne Gretzky said, you have to go to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is today. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly reinventing ourselves and focusing on higher margin product as other sellers invade our category that I currently play in today.
2: In your space, because um, I, I actually had a question about, um, you know, um, PL, you know, private label sellers. Um, I'll, I'll just jump into it right now. Okay. So in my opinion, you're what I call like a super private label, Amazon, you know, marketplace seller, really, as compared to what, you know, what's going on now on Amazon. And um, all you need to do is just type up, you know, private label on Google and, you know, you'd you'd, you'd, you'd see what I'm talking about. Now, that said, um, you're early in the game and you have focused on your brand um, for a wide range of products. What's your opinion on um, niching down as, you know, um, the advice is you know out there in the same niche down on one product and then scale slowly. should people go for a brand with a wide range of um, products, or should they focus on one product starting out?
0: I think they should focus on one product starting out, but pick a brand that's scalable over time because it's likely that the the product that you pick today may not be the product of tomorrow okay so. And I'm, I, I like to call myself not really a private labeler. I like to call myself a brand because that's what we've built. Like some people go on Amazon and, and just throw up a name onto Amazon and that's their private label. But if you built a true brand that's recognizable, like if you type in crucial into Amazon, it comes up right into the search results.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Right?
0: Like... Amazon indexes. People are searching now for Crucial Vacuum, and that's when you know that you've built a brand. When exactly. they're
2: coming back for more. Exactly. I was I was talking to a client last week, and we we're looking at their dashboard, their marketing dashboard, and um, I had to put in brand name search. You know, in comparison to their competitors as a metric, you know, you should measure on a monthly basis because at the end of the day, you know, that, that has a lot of weight, you know, um, that's direct demand. It's more likely to convert because they trust your brand. They're coming to your store. It's almost like a walk into your store rather than a walk down a high street or, you know, a, um, a shopping center.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I just want to follow up with that, mm-hmm. that. A lot of these private labelers, they're private labelers because they're only on, on Amazon, which is a channel. Going back to what I said when we first started the conversation, is Amazon's a channel, it's not a business. Mm. Mm. So you need to parlay your successes from Amazon everywhere you can. And that's when you
2: build a brand. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. Okay, um, let's go back to the early days of um, Crucial Vacuum and kind of talk about how you moved from dealing with distributors to that move, because I read in an article that you moved from dealing with distributors to dealing with manufacturers. Um, How did you sort of deal with that? It, it, It is a leap. You said you're rejected by um, by dealers, really, by distributors. Your parents had worked with, and then you said, "You know what? I'm gonna, you know, this is more an opportunity rather than a, a door, like you know, my rather than a barrier, really." And um, you, you moved into dealing with manufacturers. How did you sort of handle that at that point in time?
0: Yeah, so it was really quite easy. A lot of these distributors who are what I would say the legacy incumbents who have been doing business the same way for 30, 40, 50 years, were very slow and resistant to understanding the internet and the power of the internet. And even today, people are still trying to figure out, these these distributors are still trying to figure out e-commerce because the letter E in in commerce, that addition, is is still quite new. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So these distributors were like, oh, you're going to sell our product on, on, on the internet? We don't want that. We don't want any of our product on the internet. So... When they started telling me no, that was a a great segue for me to figure out and solve that problem, because the answer was yes, and how do I accomplish taking that product and selling it on the internet? So they said no, and I decided to find an alternate avenue, which was going direct to the factories.
2: And what was their reaction to you? Did you need to, to go in with, um, with a lot of cash, really? Um, did, or did you sort of test the waters, more or less, and slowly expand the business?
0: Oh, so their reaction was very negative. because I disrupted an industry that's been stagnant for years and years and years. So I would go to uh, an expo, and, and they would say, oh, my, oh you're, you're crucial? We, we, we can't talk to you. We don't want to talk to you. And that's when you know that you, you're onto something,
3: hmm.
2: right? That's an
0: early indicator.
2: Fair. fair and, so,
0: and so in terms of the money, in terms of spending money and, and how you begin, you have to begin in what I call a very scrappy way. <laughs> I don't, I'm not one that likes to spend a lot of money and to lose it all at one time. So I'm very risk-averse, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So you want to just start really with one product and start slowly you know, talk to your factories and overseas, and say, "Hey, I can't hit your minimum order quantities, but what 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 can I hit?" And I want to start with one product, and one product leads to a container over time. Mm-hmm. One product to two, a, a case to a pallet to a container. It's it's baby steps, but you get there.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're now on eighty-eight containers. So yeah, for me yeah so let's let's talk about the difference What's in your opinion the difference between a private label and a real brand
0: So the difference is is just a private labeler follows a guideline that they have learned in some training course where they have learned minimum skills to run a business so they say okay your your product needs to be your product needs to be be below a certain weight oh dear. it needs to be it needs to be in the kitchen category it needs to Uh, Be above nine dollars but under sixteen dollars, and typically most of those people are creating these spatulas and they sell them on Amazon. Right. (laughs) And no, I'm I'm being completely serious though. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so a lot of these sellers don't even have a trademark name. They don't even understand the concept of selling on other channels or creating your own brand offline.
3: Mm.
0: And I think that's really where there's a discrepancy, and that's. That's what I would consider um, whitewater, right? The area that a lot of sellers aren't focusing on. It, and those that are doing it really well are focusing on the brand. Mm. And just to, just to follow up, I, I don't believe in the groupthink mentality of it needs to be under this weight. It needs to be in this category. It needs to be this price point. I don't believe in that because if everyone's following the same guidelines and rules, like everyone's just going to do the same thing.
2: And narrowing the market, trading, really, and narrowing your opportunities and be much exactly. more crowded. Exactly.
0: So like, what I, what I tell people, and I don't even have a training course, but when I'm talking to people and giving them advice, they say, look, what are you passionate about? What are some of your hobbies that you like to do? Where do you find that there's some sort of itch that needs to be scratched? Mm-hmm. And how do you actually parlay that into creating something online? Finding what you're good at and then, and then build, finding that, that problem area, that, that friction point. Mm-hmm. And putting the two together and to create success
2: i mean that that would fuel your passion to to your your passion or fuel your drive to to push on even if you know things are not really going as planned initially into that category because you're addressing an, your itch um mm-hmm. uh, which you validated you know with, with a bit of research really and um yeah it just gives you that fuel to to push on I absolutely agree with you.
0: Okay. Yeah, the, the world doesn't need another spatula. <laughs> but when, you, when you walk around in life and you say, oh my God, that, that really pisses me off, doesn't, that doesn't exist today, or why can't I get you know, a speaker for a cheaper price or yoga pants, why do yoga pants have to be $100? Mm. And the answer is they don't. And that's when you've, then you know you've found an opportunity.
2: And um, in, in the scheme of, of everything, how important is customer service to your brand, um, to, 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 when people think about say crucial vacuum or any other, you know, um, of your brands, whether it's crucial air or crucial coffee, um, do they think customer service, is that part of your value proposition and and how do you execute, you know, um, customer service, effective customer service?
0: So part of the value proposition of crucial from day one has always been, Doing it better, faster, cheaper, direct to consumer. So, part of my value proposition is doing it better, and that is not only offering free shipping, free returns, but we have a live chat. We have our phone number right on the top of our page. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: In fact, there's a sign above my customer support team that says it takes years to find a customer, seconds to lose one. Good. And Mm -hmm. in this world where people, where, where customers can just go and ruin a brand overnight whether it's facebook or twitter or anywhere else we manage that reputation and we manage we do whatever it takes to make your customer happy
2: it's really really good, good well courtables in, in, in this um talk we're, we're having on the show notes i'm going to sort of um coach and a lot of stuff you've, you you know, you just mentioned okay let's talk about um to, to me i find a challenge with amazon um one one challenge is the fact that um you don't have access to email addresses of your customers and um you know emails as you alluded to earlier um you, you you know the essence of having a website to be able to remarket to to your customers and actually you know have repeat customers and you know loyal customer loyalty really how do you drive in repeat customers on a platform such as amazon
0: you really don't, and that's why you want to create your own, your own brand. Now, if somebody buys a Crucial Vacuum filter from Amazon and it's sitting in their closet from two years ago and they go to Replenish, sometimes they'll go to Amazon. In most cases, if they're a loyal Amazon customer, they will. Mm-hmm. But some people may go on Google and they might be like, wait, where did I buy this filter again? Oh, I'm going to go on Google and check it out. Crucial Vacuum, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And so people have the option. And if you're not selling on Amazon today, you need to be because you're not relevant, right? Like we talked about when we first started the show, 40% of product searches are happening on Amazon. Hmm. So I want to capture that real estate space one way or another. And that's why I'm on and off
2: Amazon. That makes a lot of sense because um, I just want to circle back into um, your listings on Amazon. Every single one of your listings is branded at the top and at the bottom. You can't miss it with the particular color. You use green. There's a logo there. Is that intentional?
0: Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we want to have our brand in every aspect of the listing, but we also don't want to cause customer confusion. Mm. So it's important to, to identify the brand anywhere we can in our listing. And, and that's what we do. Okay. Okay. We also don't want others selling in our listings. So uh, some people have tried to, to sort of, what I would say, hijack our listings mm-hmm. over time. And uh, we work with Amazon very closely to prevent that from happening.
2: Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now let's talk about inventory management on, on Amazon. Um, what camp are you on? Um, fulfilled by Amazon or fulfilled? Well, you, you just um, you alluded to earlier that um, you, you've outsourced um, fulfillment. Well. Yeah, your warehouse. So why are you not an FBA? And um, what advice would you give to listeners on um, the various kinds of listeners? Some um, are about to start and others have existing businesses looking to go into Amazon. Um, So what's your advice with regards to FBA, FBM and even drop shipping?
0: All right, so those are big questions. Number one is I do both FBA and FBM.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Because... If you're on Amazon, people prefer Prime. In fact, I just read a statistic from NPD Group that a quarter of U.S. households are Prime members, which is cr- unbelievable. Yeah. So if you're not Prime, a lot of times you're not even going to be indexed in Amazon's search algorithm, number one. And people won't even want to buy it unless they get that two-day shipping. So I do a mix, and I see which products are doing well and will make sure that I have stock FBA. Okay. So if you're on Amazon, the idea is to get to start moving across other marketplaces at the same time.
2: So mm-hmm. you need to go
0: you need to take your FBA inventory. And if you don't want to open up your own warehouse, you need to do what they call as multi-channel fulfillment. Okay. And by the way, Stubana allows you to do that, right? It allows you to take your FBA inventory. Mm-hmm. And to fulfill it and automate it off channel.
2: Across channel, okay. okay.
0: Cross channel, okay. yeah. So, okay. and updating all the inventory levels and all the tracking informations to manage your business is done on Suban and automated.
2: Okay, so just to now, get you, just sorry, sorry, I just need to, to clarify a certain point. So, merchants can FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, they could have, they could outsource their warehousing and fulfillment to Amazon, not just for sales on Amazon. But for sales on other channels, so if you're selling on your website and eBay, you know um, anywhere else, um, Says.com, Jet.com, Rakuten, they, Amazon could fulfill it for you. Is, is, that, is that is that right? Or yep, that's okay. that's
0: oh. absolutely correct. Okay,
2: okay, all right. And um,
0: what, but it's pricey. It gets it, it, sometimes it could be a little bit expensive. So it's a great way to test the market before deciding on your invest. next. Mm. Before, yeah before deciding okay, do I want to have a, a third party warehouse do the fulfillment off channel okay. okay or do I want to take it in house and print shipping labels
2: okay okay
0: or okay. do or do i or do I, ha- or do I make enough money in my products where I can just do multi channel fulfillment all day long and not have to worry about it
2: okay and then scuba banner your your software which you 're going to talk about pretty sh- soon um, will well can, well understands what inventory you have takes takes a, a record of what inventory. And will record and take orders from every channel as they come in and kind of send that data through to Amazon um, to who then fulfill your orders coming in from various channels. Is is that kind of like
0: absolutely. That? And then market shipped, take the tracking from Amazon, market shipped on your other channel and updating your inventory from FBA. On your other channels as well,
2: and it just doesn't cover FBA alone. It would cover if you were managing your warehouse yourself, or you had it outsourced. Exactly. Okay, that makes and sense.
0: And that's that's groundbreaking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Now,
0: you could ask other I just wanted to answer your other question though. Yeah. It's For merchants that aren't on Amazon today, mm-hmm. even if they don't even have an e-commerce
2: presence, there, there, are loads of them. Believe you me, yeah.
0: There's loads of them out there. Yeah. And. I think you need to take your business to the next level and, be, and sell online everywhere you possibly can. Right? And that's how, I've, that's how I've done it. Mm-hmm. But before just creating a listing on Amazon, you need to make sure you have the right operational infrastructure in place. Okay. It's kind of like building a house. You can't build a house on swampland, even though it, ha- it happens in New Jersey all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you've got to build the right foundation so you can properly scale because there's a lot of newbies that come onto Amazon they just start, they get, they get into a product listing, they start selling, and then they get suspended right away. You need to adhere to the Amazon policies. You need to literally give the same, if not better, than customer support on Amazon.com, or else you're not going to be there.
2: And it kind of teaches you, you know. Um, so if you start out from Amazon, and you, you as you said, it's a gateway drug. You know, if you start out from Amazon and um you stick to their terms, it would teach you how it's teach you habits, you know, good habits and, and you know how to treat your customers and how to, to 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 stick to your promise, you know, deliver on your promise really. Um so I, I think it's it's a good, you know, breeding ground um for um for new e-commerce um businesses.
0: Completely. And you know, Amazon has taught us on how to be a better seller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we our response times, which I probably wouldn't have tracked when I first started the business, but Amazon tracked it. So I was like, oh wait, I need to really think about our response times. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So our our response times are less than three hours.
2: Wow, okay. that's pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. Now let's let's talk about um, reviews on on Amazon. Um, how important are reviews? And I, I'd like more anecdotal, um, a more anecdotal perspective from from your what. From 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 your perspective from from your experience on Amazon, what what what's the impact of reviews? Um, is it overhyped or um is it something people or you know, um e-tailers should really look into, you know, the, the metrics on, on reviews? Um both product reviews and seller reviews? So
0: I, I think both reviews are very, very important. Mm-hmm. Seller reviews are are more important for for obviously for Amazon. And product reviews are important both to getting your product indexed on Amazon but also to people just buying your product.
2: Okay.
0: So I, I think they're both really important. I, I mean, if, if you'd like to, we can start breaking them down.
2: Yep. Yes, please. Let's, let's go ahead.
0: So seller reviews are, are super important. And I think if you're not a direct-to-consumer brand and you're competing for a buy box, those seller reviews become even more important. Because now, Amazon is prioritizing in their algorithm at least one of those processes is looking at your seller reviews. And are you 100%, are you 98%, are you 95%, are you under 90%? If you're under 90%, there's a problem. Okay. I think if you looked at my mine, I'm probably around lifetime of either 99 or 98. Wow, okay. So we spend a lot of time making customers happy. Now, in terms of product reviews... Product reviews are su- super super important because it determines if people are going to actually look at your product compared to another product hmm. so a lot of I know a lot of customers i mean Amazon has been suing people these days around fake reviews mm-hmm. but either way, even if you build fake reviews right the, the truth is going to come out over time over like people time. are going people are going to start posting negative reviews and will dilute those positive reviews. Hmm. So I would take product reviews as a as feedback from customers, so that you can iterate on your product over time. How do you like look at your reviews and see what customers are actually saying? Use that as part of your customer support experience, so that you can make changes to product over time.
2: Because that's what they were set out to do anyway. But you know, people <laughs> being human would, would would try and game a system, you know, regardless.
0: Well, I, I think actually Amazon set out for reviews to help their consumers buy things off Amazon. Mm-hmm. But you could be using, sellers to be using the reviews too. The reviews don't have to be a negative, right? Don't get upset when you get a negative review. Mm-hmm. Take the review and understand how you can improve on your product. Mm-hmm. How can you offer a better, a better product and make this customer happy? Mm-hmm. So maybe the customer wrote, bought like a coffee grinder from you and they didn't know how to use it. Well, that means you need to literally give better directions in your coffee in, in your coffee grinder when you create it. Mm. So that's what we do. We read the reviews and we try to make things better. Try to understand: is this a customer? Just were they? Did they just not understand the product? Were were there not proper directions, or is there really a defect, or you know what, what happened here?
2: Okay, so so it's it's really feedback. You know, um, yeah, it's it's forgetting for customer feedback from a seller perspective. Okay, okay. Right. Um, let, let's talk about tools. What tools um, have had the highest impact um, to your business on, on Amazon? So,
0: we've been doing everything from scratch from day one. Everything was done manually. We've never used a listing tool to push listings to channels. Mm-hmm. We really believe in building unique content across all of our marketplaces. So, from a listing perspective, we've done everything manually, and I can go into to why. And then operationally, we had to build a software, which was Stubana, to run everything for our business. Now, I, I use other tools that are helpful to me over time to help me run my business, but Stubana is the, is the tool I use end-to-end to run my business.
2: Okay. Before we talk about Scubana, what, what are your top three tools
0: well, obviously, one of them is Cubana. Uh, I use, I mean, I, I do a lot. I do a lot of uh, zero inbox, so I get a lot of emails coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I use Boomerang for my inbox to manage my inbox, and I use that as my sort of get things done tool. Mm-hmm. So I manage every, all my accomplishments, all my goals are managed from my inbox because a lot of it happens digitally.
2: Nice. What do you think about geez, Are you a Gmail user or um... Yeah, I use Gmail.
0: I use well, Gmail. Yep, what do you I think about Gmail. Gmail inbox? I haven't migrated to Gmail inbox yet. It's funny. Awesome. I still I still use the the legacy Gmail, but I use boomerang inside of my inbox to help me run everything.
2: You know when you described um, your inbox um, as a tool for, for your, as your to-do list tool, that's how the, the Google inbox is actually built. For. Uh, it's just. A oh really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like an inbox, unless like email, hmm. and uh, it doesn't have any counters. So it very cleverly brings up what's most relevant, and um, you just check. You, you just write. Well, you can swipe and you know swipe them out like um, you've checked stuff in your to do list, and it's really, really, really clever stuff. Really clever. Okay, so so you, you do you said zero. You do your use um, boomerang, and is there any other tool or? So
0: I use Boomerang all the time. I'm just think about tools I use all the time that mm-hmm. sort of increase my productivity mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and make
0: my life. And like, what could I not live without?
2: Absolutely. Um, as so of, for your business, yeah.
0: So whether it's zero whether it's Boomerang, uh, or Evernote,
2: okay.
0: or Dropbox, mm-hmm. I use Feedly for all my blogs. For all for reading my blogs, mm-hmm. that I subscribe to, and I subscribe to a lot of them. A lot of my learning happens via.
2: Blogs, blogs versus books. Do you read books? Oh yeah. We'll talk about books anyway later. Okay, so let's let's talk about Scubana. Um, I, prior to our call, um, I asked a question. What is the difference really between Scubana and Channel Advisor? You know, I think there's even Stitch Labs. What, what is your core value proposition for Scubana?
0: So Scubana is an end-to-end software to run your business. A lot of people in e-commerce today use fragmented softwares, many different tools, which is very inefficient and cost-ineffective, to run their entire business. So Challenge Advisor is just simply a listing tool that takes a percentage of your revenue. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter to us, or any other seller for that matter, whether your order is $1,000 or $1. -hmm. Because it's the same processing power to process that transaction regardless. So Mm -hmm. it's one of the things I've always said no to, and I didn't understand percentage of revenue. I didn't understand that concept. But I also didn't understand why you needed to run your business with 10 different tools. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So you have an FDA tool, then you need a purchase order tool, maybe you're using spreadsheets, then you need to use an entry level shipping solution, and then you need an entry level inventory solution, and you still don't know what your analytics are because they're not real time. So imagine all these things are connected in one platform visibility into your entire business real time, that's what we built.
2: Like an ERP system and a, C- a bit. Does it have CRM elements to it in terms of so customer interaction or is it more or less the back end the real back end the knots the, the, the and bolts, the moving parts of the business?
0: It's the back end of the business. We mm. haven't touched anything with the customer mm. through Stubana. I mean, you, can, you can actually create return labels through the mm. system in Stubana all in the cloud oh. Okay. But we don't do any, like, email tickets. Okay. So it, it is an ERP, but in the traditional sense, an ERP, all these ERPs were built before e-commerce, what it is today, before mm-hmm. there was an E in commerce. So we are the first system that you that it's an ERP with shipping all under one roof. Gotcha. That's scalable for the smallest sellers and the biggest sellers.
2: Okay. So um, there's the, the warehouse management which will you know inventory management rather? Um, there's a fulfillment module, and there's the printing module. Are there any other modules I've missed out? Well, we well let me
0: break it down. Okay. In terms of orders. Okay. Okay. Fulfill any way, your way. So whether it's dropship, three PL, FBA, printing shipping labels, any way you fulfill, we support it. That's just orders. Okay.
2: Let's let's talk about dropshipping, and I'll give you a use case. Um, I'm a furniture retailer and um some of my stuff is in my warehouse and um some of my other stuff um just due to space restrictions and cost restrictions are with um with third-party um suppliers of mine and um every morning they send me perhaps like a csv email or um they have a live raw feed which kind of gives me their um their numbers with regards to their inventory, it just accounts as to what they have, their available, their stock, basically. Can I use Scubana to monitor their feeds and auto-update what I show to or what I have on the channels I sell through?
0: So what you just described is what everyone do- has been doing before Scubana. Okay. So that's manual. So okay. the idea is you want to have your suppliers drop on your CSV file
3: mm.
0: onto a server that gets read, an FTP, that gets read by Skubana, we will read your inventory, okay. show that inventory to all the channels, and as you get orders coming in, we'll drop on those orders for that vendor, for that furniture vendor, onto the FTP, which the three, the vendor will read,
3: mm-hmm.
0: scan it. Once they ship it, we read that tracking information, and we push that to all your channels. Gotcha. So everything is automated. You can schedule automated runtimes, whether it's a CSV file, an Excel file, or a text file. Okay, okay. And that's just one example. So that's and that's just on the order side. Okay. So okay. then you have inventory management. So then you need to when they drop on that inventory, we send it to all the marketplaces out there. And as one is sold, we update the inventory appropriately. Okay. And then you still and then still you need to have purchase orders, right? You need to have purchase orders to run your business. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. And we
0: automate it based on all the velocity all the sales velocity that you have in your business, your lead times, your mins, Subana will automate a purchase order awaiting your approval.
2: Are the purchase orders in real time per order or do you just um, aggregate um, orders in a single day and you know put that into a single purchase order?
0: So the PO process is, if you don't authorize it and you just let it sit there, it will take that vendor and just start adding more and more products to that PO for you. Oh, okay, okay. And then, and then on... And just to add on top of that, analytics. So right now, people that are selling FBA today, Mm -hmm. fulfillment by Amazon, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so a lot of people are losing money and they don't know if they are because there's a lot of hidden fees in FBA. There's dormant inventory fees that Amazon charges you, long-term storage costs. There's uh, return fees that are astronomical that can Uh. really... That can really uh, take away profitability. So, we've, we, one of our investors is Cubana, is an ex Amazon executive, and he gave us a proprietary formula <laughs> to pull in all these fees. Okay. And I hear you laughing, but the interesting thing about this report is that it'll, we'll take sellers. We have sellers that are using our platform, they're doing, let's just say, 20 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. And we have a Stew profitability report that will break down your SKUs mm-hmm. and show you where you're making money and where you're losing money. Mm-hmm. So for one seller, this is the holy grail, he found a line item where he was losing $17,000 on one item. Oh,
2: okay. That's, and right, that scales.
0: Totally. And, mm-hmm. and right, right there and then, Stubana paid for itself and then some. Okay. So I'm, just, I'm just trying to give you an idea of like what, what we're talking about here. This is a real enterprise software mm-hmm. that we built for every seller. Our, our motto is, leave no seller behind.
2: Okay, that sounds good. What about your price points? With Scubano?
0: So, our price point is also disruptive. The same way I've disrupted the vacuum space and you know, the direct to consumer space, we're replicating that success in the software space.
3: Okay.
0: So, the, the dis- disruptive pricing that we offer is you pay for what you use when you use it. It's kind of like your energy bill. Mm-hmm. And the more orders you do, the less it costs. And we split up the world between FBA and non FBA orders.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you go to scubano.com, you can see, it's, I know it's very refreshing, pricing is right there on our page. Okay. And we say no to a lot of things. There's no set of fees. There's no custom development required. There's certainly no percentage of revenue. And we don't lock anybody into a contract or a commitment. Okay. Because if, if, if you love our software, you're never going to leave. Okay. And it's up, it's up to us to keep on making you happy.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. So it's, so it's almost like a pay as you go, um, service. Okay. All right, cool. Right, let's let's move on to your thoughts on the future of Amazon. Where where do you think Amazon is headed in, in the future? Um do you do you do you think um so if another platform would disrupt um, Amazon, or um, there'll be a rise of um, direct-to-consumer websites um, with you know with platforms such as Shopify and um, you know um, emerging.
0: So I, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think over time people's buying behaviors are are going to converge onto the most trusted site out there, which is Amazon. A lot of people think that you know, Jet dot com is going to disrupt Amazon and. I think that comparison is actually not correct. I I, I think the biggest competitor that Amazon has today is Uber. And the reason why I say that is because not only does Uber know where the driver is, they also know where the consumer is. And all they need to do then is upload inventory into their app. And now they have this holy triangle. They know the consumer, they know the driver, and they know where the product is. And now they triangulate and get that delivery right to you, same day. I
2: would have thought that enhances Amazon, so if they latch on Uber to it, they could improve their fulfillment, if, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting, but Amazon just launched Amazon Flex, which mm. is trying to compete with Uber. So Amazon already sees the writing. I think Jeff Bezos sees the writing on the wall here mm-hmm. and trying to take steps. You know, that's why there hasn't been a formal announcement between Amazon and Uber, mm-hmm. because I believe that that is going to be the true competitor.
2: Interesting. Very, very interesting.
0: Like, I, I don't think pricing, like Jet, Jet.com is solving an issue of pricing. And there is no issue with pricing. That's the, that's the thing is there's no issue on pricing today. They're not solving the true problem with technology.
2: Mm. So so what what is the problem? what What... What what can disrupt Amazon? Um, you know, what what is the current problem at the moment? What what are consumers what problems are con- what 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 are the primary pains of consumers?
0: So so firstly, differentiation by price is just a race to the bottom. Exactly. And smart carts is not a revenue maker, in in my mind. Hmm. So the issue there is really no issue. If you get a thousand Amazon purchasers today in a room, they're gonna say 99% of them are going to be happy it's because they love the selection, they love the price, they love the convenience. So the next step is even getting people to get their product even sooner from their mobile phone. Hmm. And I think Uber, Uber already is started with Uber Eats doing delivery. They're doing some package delivery services now too. So there's, there's Uber, Uber Rush, hmm. which is connected to Shopify and BigCommerce.
2: Very, very interesting development very very interesting okay let's um just final this is your final piece of advice to retailers um what do you what would you advise retailers looking to sell well retailers who are who sell on their websites but not yet on amazon what 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 is your advice to them versus manufacturers who have yet to discover the e as you alluded to in in e-commerce um would you advise manufacturers to jump on board amazon and um what's your advice to to retailers um on selling on amazon all right
0: so that's a lot of questions in one let's break it down let's, <laughs> let's, let's break let's, let's break start break it with it down. retailers
2: retailers first
0: so retailers that have their own store yes
2: and um are looking to move into amazon what's the risk the best way, risk averse, by the way, um, to, to move into Amazon? Should they even start Amazon? Um, uh, what, if not, what kind of, I'm quite sure, some kind of retailers, should all retailers move to Amazon? And if they should, then um, what approach is most risk averse to to moving on to, to Amazon?
0: And do these retailers have their own brand or are they just...
2: That's, that's a good point. Um, they... A lot of retailers are merchandisers of other brands and they would have a few own brand.
0: I believe that selling on e-commerce in general is just incremental revenue. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, you, need, you should start. Okay. And the question is, how do you begin? And so it requires a lot of research and a lot, a lot of hard work and dedication to finding out if there is margin to be made. So a lot of these, a lot of these retailers are late to the party. So trying to see if there is an opportunity on Amazon will require a lot of digging and a lot of research. If you have your own brand and you have a real differentiated product, why not sell on Amazon? But not, why not sell everywhere? So the issue is, is, how do you get started? How do you figure out whether or not you should be on Amazon or you shouldn't be? And that really requires you to just spend as much time shopping online as you possibly can. I mean, my, my wife, she'll get home on a Saturday night just see me at my computer, and I'm just like browsing Amazon's database. I'm looking on Google. I'm just I'm sitting there. And I'm just dedicated to seeing what's happening in the internet world. So people have to have that dedication, or else they're not going to succeed.
2: Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on um, merchandises of, of other brands? I've been ranting in this my Instagram and um, owning your brand.
0: I I'm, my thesis is going direct to consumer. That's how I've created my success. Mm-hmm. So I never believed in the reseller model. I never thought that that was really a value play. Mm. Like what, it, what value do you create if you're, if you're building somebody else's brand? Exactly. So I always wanted to build my own brand because I own it. I own the logistical supply chain at the end of the day. I own the intellectual property behind my brand. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of direct-to-consumer. And now direct-to-consumer has blown up. You look at not only crucial vacuum and air and crucial coffee, but you look at Bonobos, you look at Warby Parker, Dollar Shave Club, Casper. I can just go on and on. They're Everlane. All Everlane mm-hmm. They're all B2C direct, and they're, they're disrupting the industry. They're beating the incumbents at their own game with technology.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree. Which circles back to manufacturers. That your advice, obviously, would be sooner rather than later I suppose
0: oh yeah and a lot of them are already late so mm-hmm. like you look at Gillette they were late to the party and they still haven't captured the direct-to-consumer share I don't know if they will be able to Dollar Shave Club has roughly about 10 percent of the shaving market now wow, wow which is incredible
2: yeah and the other thing is like you know shaving off oh, oh sorry, sorry pardon the point. but like <laughs> um, <laughs> taking off um uh, well, on learning old habits you know, because um, a lot of manufacturers have just focused on built you know making products right, and they have this distributors and you know, who are there, and they're just used to talking to or dealing with distributors and then distributors you know um you know work with retailers and that's how it's always been and you know how how do they sort of change that habit and you know start to you know sp- Work directly to to to, consum- to, to con- with consumers. I guess, yeah. Um, you know, some distribution channels will be there, like grocery stores would always be there, department stores would always be there. But um, yeah, um, what what are your thoughts on um, you know manufacturers learning to go direct to to consumer?
0: It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Absolutely. So, my. My advice, I mean, I've talked to a lot. I spoke at the Internet Retailer Conference last year, and I spoke to a lot of manufacturers who are still trying to figure out e-commerce.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And a lot of them never made headway with it because they just don't know how. It's too, it's too new. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a market that they just don't understand. So the easy thing is to sell to somebody who does understand it. Mm-hmm. But if you hire the right people, or you're really, like I said, it goes back to being dedicated.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Dedicated commitments the hustle, and a lot of these manufacturers don't have it. Mm-hmm. So if you look at even Casper today, I'm pretty sure they actually don't, man- they don't manufacture their own mattresses. Mm-hmm. They, found, they found a factory that can do it for them. So if you actually partner with people that can do it for you and, and sort of subcontract the manufacturing process so that Casper can focus on building that brand, go, go. I think that's a, gra- that's a great yeah. option. So
2: I suppose that the winners of, of in the future are really well the winners now are the people who do branding well and marketing the, the best you know tell that story that uh, convinces people obviously with proof of concept on with their products but um you know the, the best marketers seem to be winning the game right now
0: yep it's the millennial yeah. generation that grew up with the internet when when Al Gore mm. invented it and <laughs> That's a joke and and uh, so it's, it's those people that understand the technology that are going to win that are focusing on building a brand and using technology to to help them build that brand on the
2: internet okay okay sounds good sounds good all right um, any books you you'd recommend what, what single book or resource has made the highest impact on, on, on building your business and you know growth in, in general for, for for crucial
0: so I think when I was still on Wall Street, I read a book on vacation called uh, The Four-Hour Workweek. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, exactly, which changed my viewpoint in, on how I see the world. Mm-hmm. And then I would say in terms of most, re- and then I read uh, Tony Shea, Delivering Happiness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the founder of Zappos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most recently, a book that ha- has had a major impact on me has been Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker.
2: Gotcha. I haven't read that one.
0: Okay. That's a fantastic
2: really book. It talks
0: about outs- sort of outsourcing and how you could successfully get repetitive tasks off of your plate so you can focus on what you're good at. Mm. And in terms of blogs, I, I really like Quicksprout, which is Neil Patel's blog. Absolutely. Mm. He just shares everything. He just drops golden nuggets and makes it rain and, and, you, can, and you can learn from it. And, and I just one wanna, ounce,
2: three. Yeah, I just wonder how he, you know, he he just hit upon hit upon hit on a daily basis, almost on a daily basis. He's amazing, yep. amazing. Okay, okay. Um, finally, how can um, our audience, you know, um, reach out to you? Just reach out to you um, with regards to both Skubana, crucial the crucial brand. You know, um, what's the best way to to to, to reach out to you? Are you in social media? Or? I am in social media.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I believe my, my, my Twitter handle is Chad Rubin.
2: Okay. C H A D R U B I N. I'll I'll link to it in the show notes.
0: Yep. C H A D R U B I N. Uh feel free to always you can email me, mm-hmm. chad at stubbana.com. I'm always around to help.
2: Oh, well, Chad, this has, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and, um, wish you the very best with SkewBanner. And, you know, it's, it, it was a really, really good talk. Um, but for our audience, um, listening, um, just head over to skewbanner.com. To check out Skew Banner and also check out just Google Kush or Vacuums um, on, you know, on Google. You get to to either the Amazon, you know, um, .com store, uk store. You, you know, if you're in Germany, same thing, or Canada. Um, just check out what they're doing. It's just fantastic. It's, it's been amazing having you anyway, um, Chad. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for sticking to the very end of today's episode and hope you found Chad's story about crucial vacuum inspiring and his Amazon marketing and business tips very helpful. To download the show notes and read full transcripts of this show, head over to 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast. For updates and tips to help grow your business, be sure to sign up to our email alert list on 2xecommerce.com. And until the next show, do have a fantastic one. Bye for now.